All right. Welcome back, everybody. Bill Faulkner, your host, and I'm delighted today to have with me uh, someone I have learned a ton from over the last almost three decades and someone I'm fortunate to consider a friend. Uh, He is the VP of Research and Development at St. Croix Rods of Park Falls, Jason Bruner. And so if you know anything about uh, rod building or manufacturing, you've been in this game for very long. Jason absolutely needs no introduction. But since some of you may not have had the pleasure, we'll uh, start by kind of giving you some background. So Jason's been with St. Croix Rods for 26 years. Uh, He started as a project engineer and then transitioned into an engineering manager role. And he was, let's see, you were a director of engineering. You spent a stint as a director of operations. And now uh, you, in your most recent role, you are the VP of research and development. Is that right? That is correct. Well, Jason, welcome. It is a pleasure to have you on the Mastering Rod Building podcast. I'm really excited about this one. And I'm going to try to figure out how we can get as much knowledge that's rattling around in your head out and on tape in the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour. And and we could probably do this for five hours and I'd still be learning, but thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, Conversations like this to me, it's just, they they flow so well and and I love talking about it. So when you asked me to do this, I was uh, I felt privileged to help you out here and, and honored that you asked me. So I'm looking forward to well, it. Well, we are privileged to have you as a customer and delighted to uh, to have you on. And it's, it's a good time to have you on because uh, this isn't exactly on the script. But as we sit here recording in August of 2023, we're fresh back from ICAST. And you guys, again, have won an ICAST Best of Show Award. You want to talk about the Best of Show Freshwater Rod series? Yeah, yeah. ICAST was a blast, as always. I mean, we love going down there. Yeah. We always have that goal, you know, it's not, it doesn't, you know, necessarily define who we are or our business in general, but to win an ICAST award is, a, is a special deal. thing, you know, we're very up, competitive. We're up against a lot of rod companies throughout yeah. the world. So yeah, this year, fortunately, we did pull away with the uh, best freshwater rod, which is our new, not, you know, we had the Mojo series for quite a while, but it's right. been rejuvenated, revitalized. Right. Blanks, a little more life to them, was able mm-hmm. to really dig into them, tweak them a little bit, take right. material out where it wasn't needed, strategically get, you know, improve powers and actions out of them. Nice. The big factor with the Mojo this year, uh, the anthropometric handles that we yep. put on there, which we call Trigon. Uh, and so when you say anthropometric, you mean they can start fire with their thought. No, wait, anthropometric <laughs> means they're made of dinosaurs? Well, not quite, but <laughs> going way, way back in time, uh, you know, the evolution of man, mm-hmm. uh, anthropometrics is really the, the yep. study of the human body and characteristics of the human body and right. ergonomics and all that. Yeah, right. And, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, it's tough coming up with a, a new handle design. And right. When we got into anthropometrics, uh, we really took a look at, you know, what is the average size of a, in terms domestically, the, the human hand. Right. Uh, it's hard to come up with a handle that fits everybody. You know, so and you subjective. guys like partnered with a, uh, like a industrial or some kind of production engineer. Like there's a lot of science that went into the there's development of this ton of science. And we did, we partnered with an industrial designer, industrial designer. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer by right. trade. Yeah. So uh, if you want to talk about the sum of moments and torque and coefficient of frictions, I'm your guy. Right. But when it comes to industrial design, I'm not. Different animal. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we contracted with an industrial designer and when he presented this, I was like, wow, yeah. he's really onto something, but right. thought, okay. Is it really going to give the angler the upper hand? Well, the answer to that was yes. It is. Um, yeah. When you pick one of these up, I, I, you know, it's like 
you know, I, I picture the, the guy and girl on the beach running together, the perfect marriage. <laughs> and that's your hand to this handle. It, yeah, yeah. It feels so good when you it pick does. it up. Yeah. You know, when I saw the first ads for it and I saw it first uh, submitted it I, for the in the category, it didn't jump off at me. I thought it was just a, you know, a kind of a conglomerated cork handle with some laser engraving on it. I, I, I missed the cross section of the handle is sort of an ergonomically ideal triangular cross section. This is yeah. interesting because I recently had uh, Tom Kirkman, the editor of Rodmaker magazine on, and we were talking about ergonomics and rod building and the way to harness this. And so mm -hmm. like just on, on perfectly on cue, you guys come out with a rod that, uh, and we've seen some offshore big game rods and things like this uh, with a triangular shaped foregrip or something, but yeah. this is really a different deal. You guys completely reworked the shape of the, it's a split grip handle, both pieces, and you had to rework the real seat to have a good transition from this anthropometric shape to the, to the real seat. Right. Yeah, and that, that, that's, you know, that was one of the big challenges. I mean, there, yep. there's not many, as you know, well, no, there's not many real seats out there. They're going to marry up to that sort of geometry of right. the pork part. So right. we did, we had to, you know, design our own and have it molded for us. So, yeah. which made it another not, not special for us. Absolutely. So, yeah. We're, we're excited about it. Um, uh, they're, they're hitting production now. Yep. It'll be available in the fall. Can't wait for people to get them in their hands. Yeah. Well, look, congratulations. It is a, it is a big deal to win a best in show, a best in, in show category at ICAST. And, and you guys will see you won it this year for that one you won it last year for a musky rod yeah the the grasp handle on our musky rod right. yep yeah we've been you know kind of on a roll and it, yeah, yeah. it's funny bill because you know i've been here a long time and i, I bet you i worked at st croix for oh maybe 14 15 years and we never won an icast award interesting and then uh we just uh, kind of dug our feet in and yeah. kind of reestablish re how we think and how we do things and how we design. And yeah. uh, so we've been on a pretty good roll for a while. Well, they're all a big deal. I, you know, because you've been to a bunch of ICAST, COVID has affected them. Uh, you know, some of the years have been down. Yeah. This one was back in full force. It yeah. was the biggest one I've been to. Mm -hmm. It was the best attended every day that I've been to. And the new product showcase, I, I, you know, I don't have the whole history, but I'd wager this was the, the largest batch of submissions in every category it was very very tight competition that what, what is normally like a classroom size space was literally a huge section of the hall there were so many uh submissions right so to win yeah. a, in that super competitive field is awesome yeah. so congratulations yeah, yeah thank you well people may, might not realize it's not just domestically you know this, no this it's, is global. A, it's a yeah. global situation everybody so when you when you look at the freshwater applicants in there i mean you're talking you know, there is not just a dozen rods in there you're no. competing against. You're competing right. everybody against the world. So that's right. Uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. And then if you win an award like that, it's extra special to see the competitors yeah. come in your booth the next day and say, Hey, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. this all about? Say, yeah. Eh, you know, something we just, just <laughs> well, so I, I got ahead of myself a little because I was so excited about you guys win. But talk to me. I always ask everybody. So obviously, you come at fishing rod building from uh, a mechanical kind of engineering perspective. But how did you get into rod building? How did you get into fishing? Like I asked oh, all my yeah. guests that. So this this is like uh this is the 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 standard entry question so what's your tale mother goose yeah not a very elaborate story but long story short i've always had a passion for fishing i've been mm -hmm. fortunate enough to grow up in the country in between two different farms with lakes in between you know and you know i'm, I'm in my mid 50s so mm -hmm. when i was a kid there wasn't a playstation or right. whatever they call right. these games in the country, you either, you were either working on a farm or you were hunting or fishing. Right. I did both. Right. I was fortunate to have some really good private fishing by yeah. me. So as a kid, that's I, I spent my life doing that. Right. 
as I grew, I never lost that passion for fishing. Uh, ended up leaving home to go to college, mm -hmm. mechanical engineering degree. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know where I'm going to end up, but right. I knew I wanted to be in the Midwest. All right. We got employed for some a couple of different mechanical contractors. Mm -hmm. The at the time, Northern Wisconsin's a big paper mill industry. Yep. So uh, designed a lot of tanks, dust collection systems, conveyors, catwalks. Oh, really? Yeah, all kinds of mechanical stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Fortunately, when I left college, right before I left, I went to a job fair, and of course, you hand your resume out to all these headhunters. Right. But two years after college, I get a call from this guy randomly out of nowhere, and he said, "Hey, you still up in Northern Wisconsin?" I said, "Yeah." St. Croix is looking for an engineer. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Why Why would St. Croix need an engineer right. to make fishing rods? Right, sure. Um, so long story short, interview process, all that. Uh, fortunately, I was chose to hire, took the job. Yeah. Uh, and I was shocked on how much innovation was already there at the time. Yeah. But I was shocked at the engineering that I, I, I could see potentially going into this stuff. So it's like, right. it almost like I was drooling to get at it absolutely I started thinking yeah. now what I, what i did lack and i had to learn on the fly was the composite side sure uh, i yeah. wasn't a composites engineer uh so a lot of reading a lot of studying right i, I guess i gave myself my uh, my own composites engineering degree right <laughs> but uh there was a lot to learn but uh you know it's, it's been great st croix uh, a family-owned business yeah. owned by the Schluter brothers right we're on our 75th anniversary this year right. which is pretty special for right. us uh, largest started. manufacturer of rods in North America is in the world. How where? I mean, you're yeah, not we're the largest manufacturer domestically, yeah, uh, in the U.S. by far. And uh, and what I people probably don't realize, and I didn't realize till the first time I came up here and visited, was Park Falls, Wisconsin, is a town of less than twenty five hundred people. <laughs> so it's so it's such an interesting dynamic because here's this you know crown jewel of a American manufacturing concern in the in the fishing rod building industry and it's it's a beautiful town and lovely yeah. people but it is a small town man it, it, you guys employ a significant percentage of the town yeah it, you know you can't go really anywhere in town without seeing the st croix logo on yeah. a hat or a sweatshirt right. or t-shirt yeah. that's what park falls is known for yeah uh, my kids uh, they've gone off to college and I, I bet you, Bill, every week they call me and said, yeah, I told somebody asked me where I was from. And I told them, you know, Park Falls. Like, oh, St. Croix. It's like, right. no matter where in the Midwest, right. Park Falls is known for St. Croix rods. Oh, yeah. And, I just assumed it was like a, a suburb of Madison or some big city, you know, and it's its its own thing. And it's um it's a beautiful spot. And uh, I, I'll brag on Jason would never say this, but it is a remarkable state of the art facility. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's something it is remarkable how much it's changed over the sort of last 20 years that I've been aware of it. You guys are constantly modernizing, constantly expanding, which is great growing yeah. and, and expanding in different lines, uh, different uh, capacities. You're now going to have a couple of facilities now, right, with the kind of the manufacturing one and then the other that's packaging and shipping and some of these other things. Mm -hmm. um, you've added a retail. Uh, store, uh, which I love because I always come up and get my t-shirts and hats and stuff like that. Sure. But you guys sell a ton of fishing gear. It's a very well-stocked fishing shop. You get a ton of fishing, like foot traffic coming in and out, buying gear, yeah. buying reels yeah. and hooks. And y'all sell live bait and have live shiners and fatheads and worms and everything. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a really a destination shop. It uh, is. You'd be surprised the people in that store that say, Hey, we, 
you know, we're coming up from Nebraska or Kansas, right. heading up to Canada, but we had yeah. a detour all the way over here just Absolutely. to go to St. Croix. To, right. know, so it, it is a destination. And trip. if you have not come, and make sure I get his name right, if you have not come to the plant, they, and unlike a lot of plants, they, there are things that are off limits and proprietary, and you got to wear closed-toed shoes, and you can't take pictures or videos, but you can actually walk around and take a tour. And is it Ken? Is Ken is a, yeah, he's a retired employee and he is like one of the greatest. And I'm talking about, I've been to the national parks. I've toured a bunch of places. He is a great tour guide. And so if you have any interest and you find yourself, I would say it's probably a five or six hour drive radius of park falls. It is worth the detour. It is worth coming here and, and taking the tour with Ken because it's, you, you will learn so much about how rods are built and you'll have a new appreciation for everything that goes into it for St. Croix. So I'm a recently full-time in the fishing business and my background is in the healthcare side, but as a lean six Sigma black belt and with process improvement kind of wired into my DNA and, and doing that, um, that's another thing that really strikes me about your facility. One is it's the cleanest uh, facility I've ever been in that's manufacturing blanks and rods, yeah. right? And then, and again, I, I don't want to get into anything that's proprietary or we don't disclose, but I'm also struck by you guys have built in almost with that kind of defect detection Lean Six Sigma almost methodology, so many quality checks at so many steps of the way where we don't just bend test one, this percentage of blanks, or we don't just check for straightness on this percentage of like, talk to me a little bit about, and you guys have a kind of process and outcomes metrics at every station as you go through that people are monitoring on an hour by hour, day by day basis, which is, which is a data nerd who believes in this stuff. Like (laughs) I love it, but it's a really it's it's a very modern, high-tech, quality-focused way to manufacture blanks. Like, Talk to me a little bit about how you guys set this up. And I know you had a significant role in this, mm-hmm. um, both as, as an operator and a, as an engineer. Yeah. I think it's one of the things that really differentiates you guys. One, that you you build everything right here, right? We go from, from rolling the blank out of raw materials to the full assembly of the rods. It right. all happens right here in-house. That's yep. unique. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about all you've put into the quality and the consistency of these rods and blanks. Yeah. And, and going back in time, I'm just going to throw a number 15 years out. You know, okay. Blanks would come through what we call final inspection. It's, mm-hmm. it's the it's the last inspection point for a blank before it gets sent to the, the other side of our factory to get brought to life into a fishing rod. Right. And I would say daily, Bill, I would get called back there uh, because I implemented what we call a profiling board. Mm-hmm. And a profiling board is that you put every blank that we manufacture, every order, Every single blank in this on this deflection board to verify the power right. and the action of that blank. I was getting called back there two, three times a day. Hey, this this one didn't quite work, you know. Right. So what's the root cause? You know, right. how do you how do you fix that? So why? Five, why? 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 The five whys. <laughs> the five whys. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not a manufacturing engineer, but trust right. me, you know enough getting, about it. Yeah, yeah, getting into this, I did a lot of research. So, right. So. Maybe I'm a manufacturing composites and mechanical engineer now. I don't know. <laughs> I'll honorary you those titles right now, man. You can have them. Yeah. So we just, we started at the beginning, you know, yep. and just dug into each step along the way. And, you know, you, you were just in the factory. We mm-hmm. we have one, one area we call cured part inspection. Where, mm-hmm. Excuse me. The blanks come out of the oven. It will lay every blank out on the table, look for visual imperfections, right. what we call fiber wash, fiber alignment. Right. We'll flex each blank right. to a specific XY coordinate that's de- you know designated for that model. Right. Uh, and then we check each one of them for straightness. And, and typically when we give tours a big, well, okay, out of out of an order, what percent do you inspect? And I say 100%. Yeah. 
And they're like, well, if you do, if you have a hundred blanks and you check 10 of them and they're good, can't you assume the other 90 are good? You could, most do. (laughs) But here's how we think about it. We would rather spend the extra time and money to assure that every rod that every angler is getting is what you know meets their expectations. Right. And if there's one guy that gets a, a rod blank that has a defect and we didn't catch it in our facility, you know, for a lot of people, buying a St. Croix is a something monumental no. for some people. It's a right. special thing. Right. They go on their first experience with it, you know, maybe they're traveling and it breaks. We just we just don't want that. And I'm yeah. not saying that we don't have issues with rods breaking, but we're going to do everything in our power to ensure that we have the best quality rods going out. Absolutely. And once we went through that whole process, and I mean, it, it took years. That final step that I referred to at the beginning where I was getting called back there two or three times mm-hmm. a day, I can honestly say, and if you went to the factory and asked the operator, because it's the same operator oh, yeah, yeah. the whole time, in the last two years, I've gotten called back there one time wow. for a defect that made it through. That's not saying there wasn't defects, but we got rid of them yeah. downstream. They right. never got to that final point. Right. So yeah. If there's something bad with it or a defect, let's get it out of the equation as yeah. early as we can and stop wasting time. On yeah. It. And some of what you do isn't unique, but it's like, for example, measuring wall thickness and, and blank profile at different places. But you do a lot more measurements than anyone else I've ever seen in yeah. terms of the places on the blanks. Just and and you're using a lot of don't want to say anything I can't say, but it's not just measurements. It's measurements. It's light. It's lasers. It's sonic. I mean, you like you're really putting these yeah. rod, these blanks through a ton to ensure that consistency. And I, I think yeah. I think that's part of why it's such a trusted brand and has such a great reputation. Is there is a tremendous amount of work that goes into it, and you'll pull them off the line and you and scrap them or, or send them back and redo them or yep. whatever it is. And that's just a it's a very real thing. And I just to me that's like. I feel like a lot of custom rod builders could learn from that and be like, see, sure. this is what they do. As soon as it's not right, stop, start over. Right. Yep. Like, and I know we, we can't start over with blanks, but if you got a wrap, that's not right. Pull it off, get it right. You know, yeah, I, I right. love that commitment to quality and that yep. sort of stubbornness to make sure before it gets the label, it's exactly right. You know? Yep. So it, for a long time, you uh St. Croix was selling blanks, right? And then I'm super excited about this because you've had a, a venture that's gone on for uh, more than a decade now, Rod Geeks, right? Um, and St. Croix was uh part of building uh the only North American factory I'm aware of that's been built in this century uh in Mexico and creating a state-of-the-art facility down there. And now I, I'm super excited to share the news that people are now gonna have access to St. Croix Rod Blanks again, broadly through the Rod Geeks uh, venture. Right. So talk to me about that. Uh, or or uh, It's not really an announcement like you've known and I've known, yeah. but um, I, we were just talking to some, I'm up in Park Falls face-to-face with uh, Jason as part of the Custom Rod Builders Guild event they do annually up here that St. Croix hosts, which is a fabulous event. You can roll your own blank. You can build your own rod. You can take a tour of the factory. It's really, really cool. If you're at all interested and you love the craft of rod building, you should join the guild. You should come up here and be a part of one of these events. But uh, I was surprised we were just talking to a group of builders and some of them didn't know about rod geeks and the, and the changes with that and that the blanks were going to be available again. So tell, I guess maybe it's an announcement to some people, like, <laughs> tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. It's kind of a surprise to me because, you know, it's been quite a few years, but right. I was surprised to hear today. There's still a lot of confusion about Rod Geeks. Rod Geeks is not a different thing. It's uh it's a St. Croix manufactured product that yeah. we just call Rod Geeks to differentiate blanks from rods. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, you know, going back to the, you know, the incubation phase of this, you know, 
one of the things that we 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 knew that rod builders always wanted was more colors. Yeah, uh, custom rod builders are artists to some right. degree. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to, you know, and we always had the rod, the St. Croix blanks, mm-hmm. the platform, uh, but those always came out of our production rods or blanks. Okay, right. X amount are going to go into rods, X amount are going to go into blanks, right. and we always only had the colors that we use on the St. Croix side for our finished rods. Rod, finished rods. Yeah. So to 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 give them more life, we decided, okay, well, not let let's not only give them more colors, mm-hmm. but let's give them a whole new brand, something specialized for them. Right. But we're not going to call it St. Croix. It's going to be owned and operated by St. Croix. Right. But it's not going to be called St. Croix. Right. And we came up with the name Rod Geeks, which personally I love that name because yeah. To that's me, what we are. Everybody <laughs> that's here this weekend is a Rod Hundred percent, and we're proud of it. That's right. <laughs> so we we did that and. At that point, we decided, okay, we have this modern state-of-the-art facility down in central Mexico. Right. We were focused on our high-end stuff up here and focused on getting production up where it needed to be. Let's move the Rod Geeks production and develop Rod Geeks blanks, which we hundreds of them that we designed. Let's have them made down in Mexico and, and shipped right from there direct to our to our consumers. So yeah. uh, we did that. The problem is, is there's just a lot of confusion in the industry yeah. and from Rod Miller's side because- it doesn't say St. Croix. Right. Um, it, it, in some advertising marketing might say Saint, or Rod Geeks by St. Croix. Right. But they, they don't see that St. Croix right. decal that we ship to them. So the bottom line is, Bill, I mean, it is St. Croix. Yeah, you're designing these blanks. I'm designing uh, them in Park Falls, right. Wisconsin. It's the same carbon fiber, the same mandrels. You run quality control that for down there here. You have an awesome plant manager down there, it, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's it's it's. There's really no difference. But yeah. we did recently in the last couple of years transition into something a little bit more different. We still have the Rod Geeks platform, mm-hmm. Saint Croix, but now we're trying to introduce more of the Saint Croix production built blanks for rods into rod geeks so yeah. we did that this year with with our se3 material which is known in our avid products uh those are also available now in the rod geeks platform so we're going to slowly introduce more and more stuff into rod geeks yeah. via the the st Croix platform so let um, me say what he just said back again clearly because this is really good news for rod builders and i want to make sure nobody misses it there was a time pre-rod geeks when basically every blank that st Croix built as a factory rod you could also buy as a blank correct the same thing is happening now. They're just not all out and available. It sort of starts with the SC3 blanks and they will continue to roll out additional blanks until they have sort of made blanks available across those places where there's. So the the short story is you can get St. Croix blanks. Yeah. They're available. You just get them from St. Croix via Rod Geeks, which is a part of St. Croix. Yeah. And even the, you know, the Rod Geeks blanks that are out there that don't come off of our built rods. Yeah. They're still St. Croix blanks. Right. They're yeah. just named Rod Geeks. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I hope we can get that through to people because we're we're proud of Rod Geeks. Absolutely. Um, and then on the color side, you know, w- when we brought when we brought them here, we're doing all the painting now in Park Falls. Mm-hmm. Where the Rod Geeks blanks that do get made down in Mexico, they bring them to a certain point in operation, really sanding them. Right. Then they ship them up to St. Croix. And you Park paint Falls. them here. Yeah, yeah. We put them in inventory and as orders come in. We, we ship from here because we didn't want to be shipping a custom rod builders from two different locations. Right, right. So we thought we'd bring that up here yep. and, and have control of the painting side of it. Uh, but when we did that, we decided to cut back on some of the colors. Sure. Uh, you know, the paint we the paint we use is an automotive gray paint. It's, it's a very expensive. high quality. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of inventory to carry. Right. If you're, 
you might not you buy a gallon of it it, it could last a couple of years and then right. it goes sour and then you right so we cut back on the colors right but we're fully aware that in doing that you know we kind of cut ourselves a little bit and that we're, we need to generate and bring in some of the more popular colors. So yeah. we're slowly transitioning back into that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great news. It's very exciting. There's a, there's an awful lot of good blanks in that line. And so I'm, I, and I, I'm like you, I had no idea people were confused and thought rod geeks was a separate thing and it wasn't St. Croix. It's uh, mm-hmm. th- now there have been times when the highest end St. Croix stuff was all going to finish rods and there, none of those blanks were being sold yeah. and it will always be, as new products like the new insure, the new freshwater mojo that just won the award or some, and we'll talk about some other new things that are coming. Hopefully if you'll, if you'll let me, you know, it may take a little bit, right. The yeah. first orders will come through production as finished rods, but then they will eventually, you're going to continue to roll them out as blanks available through rod geeks as the demand is there. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's something we'll evaluate as we go. Typically right. it's obviously something that sales and marketing, the whole exact team needs to be involved with it sure. to make those decisions. But right. uh, that, that is, you know, really our goal to to put more of the St. Croix platform that, of our finished rods into rod. Well, it's a great day for rod builders and I'm super excited. And I hope we can clear up a little bit of confusion because it, I was not confused. You were not confused, but based on what we just heard today, there was a lot of confusion. So I'm yeah, glad we got to talk about me. that. Absolutely. <laughs> me too. So I get cynical sometimes when I, and you and I have talked about this sort of off, off air before, uh, but you know, there's, there's what really goes into engineering and composition and manufacturing of a blank. And then there's, and this is not, I'm not anti or negative against, I'm not anti-marketing, right? Right. But I think consumers sometimes might be shocked if they really knew the origin of where a blank they're buying or a rod they're buying, where that blank was actually made. And it may be made in the exact same place. A whole lot of other blanks are made and it's just the marketing that's different, right? Or the cosmetics or right. And again, I'm not accusing anybody of anything and I'm not saying it's bad. It's your business running however you want. But with you guys having 100% complete in-house control here in Park Falls, and uh, in the, uh, you know, St. Croix South in Mexico, um, there's some interesting things that you guys do. And I know I'm kind of treading towards, um, towards, you know, proprietary things, and I'm not asking you to give away trade secrets, but some of the really, uh, to me, revolutionary and dramatic changes where you guys sort of start doing something and then the whole industry basically tries to follow. Can, can you get into a little bit about some of these things like IPC and ART sure. and some of the things that you do? Because I think sometimes... Um, it's in your marketing and I can read yeah. it on your website, but I think this is like literally changing the way blanks are manufactured, right? Yeah. It's not a label we chose to call it because we think it has a lot of sizzle. Talk to me about some of these fundamental things you guys have evolved because I think they're a big deal. Yeah, no, I, this is one of my favorite topics because, you know, our industry. Because it's your baby. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is. Um, and we're proud of it. And the one thing at St. Croix is it's, we've always what we had what we call honest innovation. Mm-hmm. We're not going to market something that we don't think is really valid in our designs right. or, or gives our anglers the upper hand. Right. We talk about it all the time in product meetings. We'll say, Hey, maybe we should do this or maybe we should look at that. The question always comes around to us. Okay. If we do this, is it giving our angler the upper hand? Right. Well, not really. Then we're not doing it. Right. We're not we're marketing not, it. Right. We're not going to market it to try to make more money 
and confuse people and because there's there's way too much of that going on in our industry trust me most of it, that is what goes on in our industry it, it is and it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of why i want to talk about this because i feel like sometimes you guys are these humble midwestern folks who won't brag on yourselves and are and are super honest even when nobody's looking and may, maybe you could talk more about it so yeah talk, let's let's educate some people about some of this stuff yeah yeah so you know there's there's really four main technologies that we came up with and there again i I respect St. Croix so much in the ownership because of, of their, you know, honest midwork or Midwest mentality. Yeah. The first one is IPC. Mm-hmm. IPC stands for Integrated Polycurve Technology, right. and that is solely focused on the mandrel, mm-hmm. the core, the inner heartbeat, the inner mold of the tubular parts that we manufacture. Right. We we had a design program that we use, and it's proprietary to us. There's no mm-hmm. there's no program you can go buy to design blanks. So sure. we, we made our own. Right. Um, but when you looked at them, the tapers within these mandrels, it was always there's maybe on average two transitions. Right. You know, from A to B, B to C, C to D. Right. Um, but when you really look at those transitions in certain areas of a, a, a mandrel, inherently they're actually weak spots. Right. You know, the they're the weakest link in the chain. Right. And if that that mandrel or blank could talk as a blank is being deflected and stressed. If you know that's point, where it would squeal. Yeah. B could talk to C. C would be like, "Hey, B, you're you're overstressing me here. You're killing me in this short period of time right. or, or measurement of time." Right. So what we did is we started designing mandrels that had curvature to them, mm-hmm. which is very difficult instead to of sharp geometric angles. Exactly. Yeah, basically, yeah. right. Yeah. So and so if if you were to see the designs on my screen, yeah, they're a perfect, perfect. Uh, uh, radius and it, it all flows really smooth. There's no one spot in that system where dynamically, when deflected, is overstressing another point. Right. And it doesn't mean that tra- traditional mandrels are a bad thing. I mean, everybody's doing. We still use some of them. Right. But from an engineering perspective, I'm always challenged, or we're always challenged. How do we make them better? How do right. we make them lighter but stronger? Which right. is not an easy thing to no, do when you're not. talking about a a product that weighs ounces. Right. So we we started IPC technology and we found uh, that we can get much more creative in our designs, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in our extra fast actions, mm-hmm. which is tough to do and not have breakage. Yeah. But putting that curvature in there, it just it opened the doors for us in terms of design. Yeah. So then next came TET, mm-hmm. which is taper enhancement technology. We talked about the perfect marriage earlier with mm-hmm. the handle, the grip, uh, the beach. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the running into each other's arms longingly. Exactly. <laughs> TET and IPC are the perfect marriage because now we have that curvature in the mandrel. And for a long time, TET is focused on the patterns and right. the geometries, geometries of the patterns are how we cut them. Right. For a long time, we cut our patterns by hand. Like everybody yep. used to, like most people. A lot of people still do. Still do yeah. But they were straight line cuts. Right. So we invested in a CNC pattern cutting machine. Mm-hmm. And now we can put curvature to our patterns. And when I say patterns, it's the it's the pre-preg. It's the sheeting of carbon fiber right. that's pre-impregnated with a resin. You have to cut flags, what they call flags or geometries, right. of patterns to put on the mandrel, Back roll on it the on there. Rolled, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now that we can put curvature into the patterns to marry up to the curvature of the mandrel, we can control our wall thicknesses from yeah. hip to butt to be perfect. Yeah. Um, we can be more creative with our powers and specifically actions. Yeah. And we can take out, we can add material where it needs to be, 
but say down in the handle, you know, you might have a flare up of a flag or something. You know, we really don't need all that. Okay, I'll just pull a curvature, take that out. Right. Okay, I just removed two tenths of an ounce. Yep. Which, if a blank weighs three and a half ounces, two tenths of an ounce is a pretty good a percentage. significant percentage. Yeah. 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 So uh, that was TET. So that was a big moment for yep. us too. Yeah. ART, mm-hmm. Advanced Reinforcing Technology. Personally, one of my favorite. Yep. It's not earth shattering, but the way we went about it and the materials that we use are unique to St. Croix. Right. Um, so you have a tubular part. All the carbon fibers are running from tip to butt on one axis. Right. When you deflect a tubular part, if you could look at it microscopically as right. it's deflecting, it starts to ovalize. Right. And as it ovalizes, you get compression on the bottom, tension on top. Right. At some point, your fibers are going to buckle. Right. And you're going to have failure. So imagine the difference between flexing a drinking straw, which is just going to flatten and increase versus flexing a rod blank, which hopefully is going to resist that. Right. That's kind of what he's Correct. talking about. Yeah. Yep. So we found originally a, a company over in the UK. Mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of research mm-hmm. on materials. Um, you know, you're not going to. You're not going to find something by sitting on your butt behind your desk all the time. So right. You got to get out there and see what the world has. Yeah. We found a, a company in the UK that would make this specialized material for us. And when I say specialized, our normal pre-pregs or carbon fiber sheetings that we use in terms of ply thickness are about five and a half thou and okay. in, in, in inches. Yep. This material is a half of one thousandth of an inch. It's super thin. It's very, very Don't lightweight. breathe on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really even hard to handle. Yeah. So we were able to get some of that, and the thought logic was, well, if you have all those fibers running linear down the axis of the blank, we're going to run this thin material 90 degrees to those, and we're going to increase our hoop strength, which will overall increase the strength of our blanks. Absolutely. Which it does. Crush resistance, nick resistance, overload failure, yep. Yeah, on average, we've, in our studies, we've we've calculated that it's about – 10 times stronger in terms of crest strength, wow. which is really phenomenal. The trick was how to use the material because yeah. it's it's unlike other materials where you right. can just take it, peel it off the paper backing and lay it put down it in production, and, you know, tack it on. Right. Uh, we had to learn how to handle it. We had to learn how to separate it. We yeah. had to learn how to iron it on patterns. Interesting. Um, it's very expensive, so you yeah. don't want to use it, you know, you want where to you don't need it. Right. Yes. Yeah. All in all, just that process was about two and a half years. Wow. You know, it sounds so simple. Right. But, uh, you know, when you go to the operation side, you know, they're making a lot of rods every day. If they can't use it, use it properly, you know. What good is it? it? Yeah. Took us probably six to eight months just to learn how to use it in our facilities. So, yeah. Um, so ART, yeah, another big uh, advancement for us. The, the last one I'd like to talk about, and unfortunately, this is one that can't be seen. Yeah. Uh, it's called FRS, Fortified mm-hmm. Resin System. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody always talks about resins and mm-hmm. nano this and nano that, right. and it drives me crazy. <laughs> um, ours is a little bit different. It's not so much the 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 type of resin that we're using because, we, you know, we do use a resin that we helped formulate. You know, we don't formulate resin in Park Falls, Wisconsin. Someone right. does that for us. But, right. Highly specialized. Know, right. Yeah. Yeah. But we had a thought at one time on how the cure cycle when you're curing out these tubular blanks, because they're thermal set resin, mm-hmm. how that affects the fibers in that structure. Mm-hmm. So at the time, and like everybody does now pretty much, we would take our parts from the room after getting rolled, they put on a rack and we would take them, put them in the oven at 260 degrees for an hour and a half and bake them out and call it good. Right. But what was happening and we didn't know it, when that resin hits the heat and it hits the heat too fast, it's like water boiling. 
Yeah. You know, the more the water's boiling, the more the noodles in the in the water are moving around. Yeah. Those molecules in that resin, if you warm them up too fast and they, and they start to mobilize themselves, if they do that too aggressively, they'll take the fibers that are supposed to be perfectly aligned in your blank and disrupt and them. they'll micro buckle. Yes. Yeah. And, and disturb them. Yeah. It didn't make for a bad blank, but we found out that, and we did this for months, Bill. We I literally sat with engineers back by the ovens. Okay, let's start at this temp. And now let's ramp up X degrees every few minutes. And then right. when we get to this point, we're going to hold. And we just started charting that. We're like, holy cow. We're in, we just increased the strength of this blank by 23%. Just by the way you just by the, said it. Just yeah. by the cure cycle. Wow. And it's so important to add to that. Not only did we do that, but we invested in the hardware to where our blank fabrication room, our parts curing oven, are all tied into our maintenance department. And I, I use the analogy for those of you that have ever been a paper mill or a big factory, because I lived there for a while. Right. You have this huge paper machine and it's got a thousand bearings on it. And it's right. got all this equipment. You don't know which one's overheating. Right. This bearing might be over, but you don't, but it's all tied in logistically to the control center and they can see on their screen. Right. Hey, roller number one is slowing down in RPMs, get maintenance and fix it. Right. We have that same thing in a rod factory. Wow. Where our maintenance department can watch our curing profile of our oven. Hey, it didn't get up to temp or it started at the wrong temp. The cure profile was wrong. That batch that's coming out, we got to check that. We got to test it. We got to reject it. Our room that we operate in where we tack, roll, and wrap, temp and humidity controlled. Yep. If the temperature goes up more than you know plus or minus a degree, and a half, an alarm goes off. Hey, yep. what's going on? Right. The could more, potentially disrupt or lead to variation or defect. Could. The Possibly. more consistency, right. the more control. Yeah. We always say at St. Croix, if you want to be in control, you have to have control. Right. If you want to have control, you have to be in control. Right. So we have to have control of our manufacturing. Right. Pre-preg is a fickle thing. It's, yeah. it's very sensitive to heat and moisture, specifically moisture. Right. If you don't control the humidity in your process, yeah. that moisture is getting in that laminate. Right. And ultimately, it's going to cause problems. Yeah. So. Uh, we've invested a lot of time and money into that facility. Yeah. And, and it goes. Yeah. yeah. So that was FRS. Yeah. yeah. Resin system. That's awesome. Uh, you know, and so it's just so interesting because if we think about the technologies that we just talked about, IPC, TET, ART, and FRS, like we take this simple process, which is you, you, you start with a mandrel that has the taper you want, you cut the flags, you know, out of the fiber you want, you tack them down and roll them. Then you wrap them cellophane, bake them, you know, and then you pop it off of there, trim it. And Hey, you got a rod. You literally like fundamentally changed every component of that process. Every like large Roman numeral part of that process. Pretty much. Mandrels are different. The way we cut is different. The way we're reinforcing and the orientation of fibers is on it, regardless of what the main fiber of the rod is, whether it's a high end SC five or seven or something, or whether it's a SC three, right. Or I'm probably using dated technology or, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, and then the, the FRS that's fascinating. I mean, yeah. I, I just, it, I just, I love that constant commitment to quality and sort of questioning everything and saying, what can we do to make it better? Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it's, they're, they're pretty remarkable little breakthroughs there. And yeah, so that's, I, I know you get, you, you, you like talking about it and I love talking about it, but I think people maybe don't understand that. Right. You know, it's like a rod's a rod, a rod, they're the same, right. I got a St. Grove 20 years ago, the same as that. Well, not exactly. Right. There've been some pretty significant, uh, revolutionary innovations and, and, and all you're ever going to see is 
a short description says, you know, utilizing our IPC and FET technology and, and art, like that's it. If you don't know what that stuff is, yeah. you'd might be like, ah, oh, that's just some crazy marketing name or something. No, 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 no. There is hardcore science, design, yes. engineering, physics behind all this stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's special. It's a little frustrating sometimes our yeah. industry. You know, you've, you've yeah. heard the, the the stuff that's out there, but like I said, honest innovation. Yeah. Whether our anglers understand it or not right. is one thing. It's our job as a marketing team, yeah. you know, to to help them understand it. Right. You can be assured that if we market something like that and put a technology uh, and a name to it. Uh, that it's valid and it's it's there to give you the honest innovation. Yeah. And and hey, I put them to the test. Come to Park Falls and visit. You can take a tour and you can see it yourself. And it's uh, it's impressive. So one of the things that I love, and again, I'm probably being a little biased uh, in that I'm, you know, Fuji and Angler's Resource are very privileged to be a partner that works with you on some of the rods that you build, right? And one of the things that you guys have invested in heavily uh, is your own internal kind of R&D and testing facility. And so uh, I, I don't want to give away too much, but you're going to be able to take components, whether they're yours or Fuji's or somebody else's and test them, test them for regular use, for abuse, for UV exposure, for salts. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing and, and why and how that's going to yeah. benefit your customers. Yeah. We, you know, we've always had a, an R&D lab. Sure. But yeah. it was. But this thing is hardcore what yeah, you built now. It's, yeah. it's a little. Yeah. We, we've taken it up a notch. Let's Absolutely. Say that. And we've always had some really good engineering tools. I mean, everything we do in SolidWorks, I mean, we, we basically can 3D model a rod and know what it's going to look like before we even build it. Yeah. We have our own proprietary blank design program where yeah. I can look at the wall thicknesses. I can look at the tapers. I can know, I know how much it's in the way. I know how it's going to deflect. But in terms of the lab, we had this little lab, but there was things that we wanted to do. There again, we want to be in control, right? Right. So to do that, we have to have our, our own testing capabilities right and that's not to say you know like fuji we we fully trust the sure product. sure trust but validate absolutely that's another term we use a lot, trust but validate yeah uh so yeah we we just recently you know because we shifted some of our distribution center to a, a new facility mm-hmm. in town so there was some space open so right i'm very fortunate to have a new ceo that works for us yeah. that uh, uh has a mechanical engineering background right. too Scott Forrestall. Scott, yeah. Scott, Scott Forrestall. Yeah. Uh, it, a true blessing that, that he came to St. Croix. Yeah, and, and is a, it has a deep and broad experience in the industry, joined from Farbank. And uh, yeah, he's he's a good guy and he knows he knows what he's doing. And yeah. you guys have been on the move even more since he's been here. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was on board the whole time for a new R&D facility. Right. A little bit of debate back and forth and actually how much space I was going to be able to consume. Uh, I bet there was a little bit debate about how much you're going to spend too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. And I, I will admit, and if he listens to this, he'll laugh, but I, we squeezed out an extra couple of feet in the lab, but he made it clear that uh, he was fully aware of that at the end. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now we have the ability to uh, fully build prototype rods in this right. lab. I mean, we, we have winding station, build station, yeah. all the basic stuff, but deeper dive, uh, we're right in the middle of building equipment to test guide frames. Right. All of that stuff. We right. do have we have a UV machine. Right. Now we have a salt spray chamber. Right. Uh, we have a, a thermal oven. We have a freezer. Right. Uh, it's just amazing the things that you can do. You're going to be able to torture test every rod, every component, every part. Yeah. All new materials. You're going to be able to torture test them and know what's going to happen before they ever get in an angler's hands. Exactly. Yeah. There again, the trust but verify. You know. Sure. 
uh, we want to validate. We learned from that too. I mean, we might be able to come back to you, Bill, and say, hey, your guide, you know, you might want to look at this. We're seeing this. It could go both ways, but absolutely, we're we're going to learn a lot throughout the process. But uh, yeah, the lab is something special. We we literally have, uh, you know, our product development cycle has changed over the years. Yeah, and you know, to credit to Scott Forrestall when he right. came in, pushing us to and driving us to do more and be more innovative. With that change or increase in product development, your processes and how you develop need to change. And yep. if you don't do that, you're going to fail. Right. Uh, we literally have war boards up for every project yep. that we have in this lab. Right. It's visible to the whole team. We yep. meet once a week, go through the projects and timelines. And there's there's more to come with that lab. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's fascinating. And it is so far beyond what a lot of people have done. I mean, flex testing blanks, that's one thing. But yeah. uh to UV and heat and freeze test your your guide wraps and epoxy finish and you know what I mean like this is oh, yeah. this it's is a things. level that nobody has done before yeah. uh, and 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 I think there's gonna I think it's gonna lead to innovations I think we will learn things that are surprises you will learn things that are sure. surprises sure. and un- inevitably there'll be some uh, innovation and optimization and sort of tweaking that comes out of this. I, and I'm really excited. I have no idea what it'll be. Right. But just right. you put in this work and you yeah. listen to the data, like it's going to tell you something, right? Oh, like, well, you, you, we will learn something from this. And I think that's just going to be fascinating. Yeah. We also, you know, to add to that, uh, the 3d printing capabilities we have now, you know, we can design a piece of cork or a grip right. or something right. and, and the next day have a 3d printed it's not going to be there you know be a different material sure but we can have that in our hands uh we have a sensitivity piece of equipment where you know people talk okay i didn't know if we could talk about this one yeah, yeah. okay i, I want to bring this up but okay people, yeah people talk the sensitivity game it's kind of like the modulus game was years ago yeah, which right. drove me crazy right um but you know our our rod is this much more sensitive than this and right that. And it's like, well, how are you measuring? Right, that? it's all about how you measure. Equipment that right. measures that, right. and I know for a fact they don't. Right, we we actually do. Right, we have a, a younger engineer started five six years ago. One of his first tasks, his name is Gavin Falk, to come up with a piece of equipment that Musky Trimble at the sound of his name. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Musky do Trimble. He's a resident Musky. He's That's the, the guy. So That's right. When when he look when he drives by a body of water, every Musky tail in there quivers a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he he came up with this great machine, and we can we can free hang blanks in there, uh, rods, and we can introduce an energy via an impulse hammer at one end and collect energy, the, how much energy was transmitted yeah. to the other end with an accelerometer, and we can see that visually on the screen. Yeah. It, it's a very techy piece of equipment. It is. Um, I bet there's surprises coming in that learning too, right? Like I bet it's I bet the elements that we traditionally thought of about rod sensitivity, some of them are going to be right and some of them are going to be wrong. Yeah. It, it, I'll admit, I'll be you know we were guilty of it too. Before we built that machine, we were like, okay, this this is our most sensitive rod. Right. You know, this one's more sensitive than this one. Right. We weren't really, you know, we had a good idea, but we didn't know for sure. So when we built this machine and put all these rods on there, we're like, we, yeah. were, we were right. Okay. Well, but now <laughs> those days are gone. Right. We, we, yeah. We can validate. That. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I, yeah. I'm just, I, I think it's so amazing. And just um, selfishly as a rod builder, I want to draft off what you guys learn, right? You know, because I can't afford that equipment. I could never do that. But um, but I can learn from what you guys learn and, and educate us on and bring to the market. So that's pretty cool. Sure. So I'm an avid fly angler. I'm an avid anytime, anywhere angler, but I, I'm aware we've talked about there's some pretty exciting stuff on the fly horizon yes. with St. Croix. Can we talk, can we talk about some of that stuff yeah, or what, sure. what can you, what are you authorized to share 
uh, well, at my current security clearance level on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I won't let too much out of the, yeah, yeah. the bag here. But yeah, we've always been into the in the fly Absolutely. market. Right. But admittedly speaking, we, we backed away a little bit from it uh, several years ago from the innovation and mm-hmm. addition of SKU side to focus on other lines that needed more attention. Right. Um, for lack of better words, the, the ones that paid the bills. Yeah. Um, so we, we really focused on the bass market. Right. Uh, you know, always stayed focused on the musky walleye or bread and butter. Sure. Um, but now we, we, we felt we were in a good place and, and we think we deserve to have a big name in the fly side of it as yeah. well. So yeah, it's, it's been a, about a year and a half now. We've really been doing the design work. Mm-hmm. Um, we are coming out with, uh, this fall, a freshwater line uh, called Evos Freshwater mm-hmm. and Evos Saltwater. Yeah, uh, full lineup of each. Yeah, uh, you know the, the common line weights that are needed in those right. series. Right, uh, and then we're going to follow that up shortly with another what we call a dry fly series. I mm-hmm. won't get too much into that one sure, yet. Sure, that's fine. Uh, marketing yeah. still has the opportunity to change names and stuff always, on me on that one. Always, so, right? Yeah, we don't, we don't get too deep. Uh, but yeah, we have a we we brought on a brand manager. Just for fly, mm-hmm. yep. um, like on the conventional side, we have a right. brand manager, Ryan Teach, uh, just for the conventional side. Uh, we brought a brand manager in for a fly and a sales manager. So they have their five-year funnel and I have right. that. And, you know, next week we're putting together timelines and yeah. we're, we're going to uh, put our innovations into the fly side of it. Yeah. And uh, in addition, I won't, I won't go too deep into this, but I will say there is going to be a special innovation on the blank side, specifically the tip of these Evo series that uh, people oh, are teaser, people teaser. Are pay attention to. Oh man. So all I know is that you've been working on this a while and that you're excited about it, which has got me sort of like excited about it because you don't get excited easy with this stuff. So, yeah. uh, well, I can't wait. And uh, we'll, we'll have to have you back on once those things are, are in the open yeah, and we can yeah. talk about them. Oh man, what a pleasure. I, I, I just thank you so much for joining and thank you for taking the time to kind of tell us a little bit more about the company and, and sort of what you guys do. And, and again, I can't say it enough. It is such an impressive operation. Well worth the drive. Lovely people. Get Ken to give you a tour. It's just awesome. And uh, it, it will teach you a lot about fishing rods and fishing rod building. And and I, I should, I want to say this before we get out of this. You also, I, I look at a lot of factory rods as someone who's been building custom rods for a long time and pays a lot of attention to detail on fit and finish and finish work and all this kind of stuff. You guys build an extremely well-finished rod. It is a factory rod built at a custom level of quality. And so, uh, you know, I say that as a challenge to a lot of rod builders. Uh, you could learn a lot coming up and watching them finish rods. Um, and wrap rods because these rods uh, and, and at the volume they're producing, it's pretty remarkable, but you, you build a very, very well finished, well put together, well constructed rod. And that's, you know, if, if you get all the technology right and they do a sloppy job putting them together, who cares? Right. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just hats off to how the quality control in your operation and how good all your wrapping and finishing and assembly people are. And like you mentioned, a lot of them very experienced, been doing this a long time and it shows sure. they just, you guys do such a nice job. So, you know, if you're a consumer and you're thinking about a new rod, take a look at it. You know, bar one, test cast it, take a close look at it. Look how straight the guides are. Look how well it's wrapped. Look how well it's finished. Look how centered all the parts are. Like it, they just, you just do a very good job with quality control. So um, hats off. And I, and I put that out as a challenge to custom rod builders. If you're really a custom builder and you're only building one at a time, you should be able to make them as good or better than a factory rod. So uh, 
we've got we got some of these OEMs setting the bar, so uh, pay <laughs> attention because they're they are not asleep. I promise. So, man, great to see you. Thank you so much for joining, and yeah. uh, I really appreciate your time. And and it, it by your leave, we'll have you on again. Uh, I'd love to get you once we can talk about the the tips of the 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 fly rods Absolutely. or the evos or once you uh once you have some learnings from the uh testing lab and the sensitivity testing and you're ready let me know yeah anytime oh, it's been a pleasure i really appreciate you uh, having me on here and oh my i the can't believe how fast an hour can go when you talk oh about my gosh i know we could go for a few more hours yeah right well thank you so much and uh, for everybody who listened thanks so much for tuning into the mastering rod building podcast please like and subscribe and download wherever you get your podcast content we'll see you next time